What's going on, everyone? Jonathan here with the Venue RX podcast. And today is going to be a special episode because we are joined today by the co-founder of a company that adds a lot of efficiency and an update and a modernization to the typical process that many of you may be going through with invoicing and a bunch of other different features of your business. So I'm really excited to talk to the co-founder of Rock Paper Coin today, Elizabeth Shields. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I am really excited to have you. I have heard that we have your uh, sister-in-law, Nora, coming yes. on as well. So yes, I know we're we're excited. You get you get double the fun with both of us. Well, and I'm pumped. And for for all of you, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show started. Um, but you guys have a really cool family dynamic that happened as you've created this business. But did the business came first? You were saying. Yeah. So Nora started a wedding planning company called Bridal Bliss. And um, she started that back in 2002. And in 2008, I had graduated college and I was at a desk job. I was like, oh no, like, what did I do? Like, this can't be the rest of my life. So I just set out and looked for a fun internship and landed on, well, maybe I'll just like, you know, help out at weddings. And I had no clue what I was getting into. And I worked my first wedding with Nora and I was like, like, I think I found my calling. Like, this is so where I need to be. So I quit my nine to five and I just like jumped into wedding planning with Nora and she was like such a good mentor and leader. Um, And so from there, we just kind of started working together and I expanded our team into uh, two different markets for the company and just kept on pushing that envelope with Nora to be like, let's grow, let's do this, let's try new things. And so eventually along the way, we, you know, we're chatting and I was single and I loved dating. And so she's like, I want to set you up with my brother-in-law. I was like, great. Like, that sounds good. Like I'm totally down to meet new people. And anyways, we totally hit it off. He's so quirky and weird. And I just like, like, I need to like keep seeing this guy. Like he's so funny. And um, so yeah, we just kind of, the rest is history. I ended up, so now we're married to brothers. So I married her brother-in-law and then we continued working together and um, we ended up then jumping into rock, paper, coin um, about 2017. So very intertwined, very blended, but we had such a good relationship established pre-family. I think that it's really worked out for us. Amazing. So where, where are you located right now? We are in Portland, Oregon. So okay. on the West Coast. Yeah. Are the guys involved in the business at all? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it depends who you ask. No. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. Um, they're just really good sounding boards for us because they know enough to be dangerous and weigh in, but also, you know, don't know enough. So it's a great like, you know, perspective, outside perspective. That's so cool. I love talking to folks who are working with their spouse, with their brother, sister, mom, dad, those family dynamics always are tricky, I think, but people, successful people who are able to kind of, I think, compartmentalize and, you know, leave some of the family stuff, like at a family reunion or whatever, you're leaving kind of some of the work stuff (laughs) at home as much as possible. I know that sounds impractical or impossible, but um, I know for my wife and I, it is a struggle sometimes and we were- We were talking about that, but that's cool. So you guys had the business relationship from Bridal Bliss well before even you guys dated or anything. And then you added that in. So that's really, yeah. 
you know, my, uh, my husband, he works with his dad and, you know, so we have some family business ties, which has been super helpful because it is, it's tricky to navigate. And he, my husband always says, you know, blood is thicker than water. And I think that that really rings true when, when you are in a family business or working with mm -hmm. a family member, yep. so you just, at the end of the day, have this tie. So you do keep each other's interests at best, you know, and I think that's, that's just an important thing to, you know, as the waters get a little rough, you know, over the years. Totally. So let's talk about rock, paper, coin, because I, I am completely obsessed, like I was saying before about <laughs> efficiency tools and, um, like we were saying, and I think this is a really cool topic that just kind of blossomed out of our pre pre-recording conversation. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, the wedding and events industry is an older industry uh, from the standpoint of maybe we're not on the cutting edge of technology. Maybe SaaS companies are over here, right? <laughs> Software as a system companies. And then there's weddings and events and spreadsheets and shoeboxes and yeah. <laughs> Yes. Stuff like that. And you're marrying the two of them together. So tell me, what is Rock, Paper, Coin? What, is, what have you created? Yes, exactly. So when we were working as wedding planners, we had a team of planners. And all of a sudden, it just felt like with this new generation of millennials and kind of the Gen Zs coming up, these clients were ex coming in expecting a digital experience. And there's this huge disconnect because we were spending so much of our time in the onboarding process, educating them about how outdated the industry was. We were like, hey, so you know, you're gonna have to sign your contracts by printing them off and mailing them, or you're gonna have to pay by cash or check, or you know, all of these weird, like like you said, spreadsheets or documents. And it just was so manual. And we we're like, why are we educating about the disconnect? Like, what if we started working towards actually connecting the clients that we're now serving and we need to update the industry that we know and love so much. So we just set out looking for technology and kind of came to understand that, you know, really there's three key parties in the wedding industry. As we all know, there's like the vendors, like caterers and florists and cake bakers, and there's a wedding planner and there's the couples getting married. And all three are collaborating on a lot of weddings together. Well, the software and technology that we were using was really designed more for like an A to B relationship, a, a business directly, you know, booking their client. Well, when the wedding planner gets inserted in and wants to review the document or help streamline or pay on behalf of the client, it all starts to crumble and it all falls apart. So that's really where we saw, maybe there's a cool opportunity here to create some software that allows all three parties to kind of communicate and integrate on one platform seamlessly so that there isn't this disconnect and clients can sign digitally, they can pay with their phone, they can pay with a credit card and, and kind of bring that up to date too. So that's really where it was born from is, and, and very naively, I have to admit, Nora and I jumped into this not knowing a thing about software and it was probably best because I don't know if we knew what we knew now, like, would we still do it? You know? Some of that naivete that I think um, or, or maybe it's blind optimism. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I think it, it plagues in a very good way, successful entrepreneurs, because like you said, you know, I don't know if everything I knew that everything I know now about staffing, like if we would have started the staffing company, <laughs> right? But it grows, it grows and you grow along with the process. And you probably know so much more about software than you ever. Now you're super dangerous at it. It's your company, you know, totally. 
Totally. And, and, you know, we tried out so much software in our research to really understand like what was the disconnect for our industry. I think, you know, it's one of the oldest traditions, but no one's really taken the time to, to dust off our industry. So we've just kind of continued to operate with the tools that we have. And I think what we really wanted to do is like, let's hit pause. We have this idea. Let's really study the industry and what everyone needs. And then let's go out and actually build a solution that is designed for the industry and, and make people's lives easier. So we can all get back to designing bouquets, you know, serving delicious food. It's like, it's so easy just to fall into these old habits that become a time suck. Totally. Did you feel any friction or um, experience any pushback as you're going, did, did you raise some money to start mm -hmm. this? Okay. So as you're going to maybe a venture capital firm, or I'm not sure exactly how you raise the money, but I know, you know, Silicon Valley, like thinking of a typical Silicon Valley model, they're looking for something that's very forward thinking, scalable. It's, you know, how, how much can we put in? How fast can we get it back out? Like there's, it's very transactional. The wedding and events industry is kind of the antithesis of that in a lot of ways. hundred percent. What did you, what was your experience with that? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, raising money is the hardest thing that any company will do because you are building and you're so passionate about a company. And then somebody comes in and is like, I want to poke all these holes and tell you what's wrong with your company. Yeah. Like, That's so mean. And like, you know, no, thank you. But <laughs> it's also very like humbling as a business owner, because you do have to step back and you do have to say, these are like really valid points of what they're saying and their concerns. And this is how, you know, we're going to rebuttal, or this is like how we're taking the business. And so, you know, raising that money was, was really what we learned early on is, is education. A lot of the companies that we were meeting with, they would view the industry in kind of a one and done, like you get married once and then you're gone. So like, why do we want to invest in you? And that's how a lot of it is viewed. And I think that's fueled by the household, you know, big names in the industry, such as like The Knot and David's Bridal and Zola, you know, they really are geared towards the couples that are getting married today. Well, there's this whole other side of the industry, and that's the small to medium-sized businesses that are powering the industry. And that's really where we focus. And that's, that's our expertise is how can we help these small businesses grow? And when we started to educate, instead of just going out and telling about our business, we started to say, this is how the industry operates. It's not a one and done. These businesses have reoccurring revenue every year. They're growing the industry you know, in normal times is booming. It's very busy. Um, that's our focus. And then it kind of was a different lens. So, you know, investors got to see it now through how we all view it in, in the industry, which is this incredibly successful, very creative, but a little bit older in the technology industry. It's interesting because just from my own personal experience, even though our industry does serve hypothetically one-time clients, right? Um, we are part of this organism, this very fluid organism of referrals. And, you know, I know you, even something like this tech platform, I know 10 other pros. I'm saying, my goodness, you know, like, I don't want to have to, I'm staffing someone and they want to send me a check or something like that for the yeah. services we're doing for a catering company. And I'm like, hey, have you heard of Rock, Paper, Coin? So yeah. from a collaboration standpoint, from a referral standpoint, 
yes, even though you're getting new clients every time, you are part of this kind of juggernaut that's helping millions and millions of people get married. And I think it's hard from the outside to see that because it has to be one of the like smallest, biggest industries and that it is so referral heavy. And it's not even just in your local network. Like you could hop on to a community board and ask for a referral in a completely different state. And you're gonna get, you know, all of these people reaching out to you, offering up their advice and referrals and why you should book this photographer. So I think that it's just a very misunderstood industry and you really have to be ingrained in it to understand it. And I think that's probably why technology hasn't been successful in the industry is that a lot of it is being built by outsiders and marketed to the industry. And I think for technology to be successful, it kind of has to come from within um, to better serve those businesses. I totally love that you said that. And I want to talk in just a little bit about some similarities I'm hearing with HoneyBook, but it also sounds like there are a lot of differences. And I think it's going to be really cool for the audience to hear this. But before, I want to piss off some people, possibly, <laughs> by asking the question, do you feel like the industry may be a little bit archaic because it is filled with these folks who are radically creative, but maybe not the best business people? So foundationally, oh, yeah. maybe we're dealing with someone who really knows how to create incredible beauty in a floral arrangement, but has no idea how to balance a budget. A hundred percent. And I, and it, to no fault of anyone's, I think many of us are like got here today because we're creatives and we want to work with people and make beautiful things. And, you know, I think the, the kind of other side and the other like side of the coin is that, you know, we really are going to start to see that disconnect and having a hard time serving our clients if we're not booking them. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are so creative and, and, you know, can produce beautiful events. But with these, this new generation that is coming up, they are demanding technology at a rapid rate. And so, you know, it's kind of an essential topic that we do need to talk about, like sales and bookings, because yes, it's a creative industry and it's really important for us to stay creative. But there's also the, you know, kind of like pulling back the curtain and what's behind the business, um, because that is going to become equally important in how your clients are booking you. Mm. And, and also, I was just thinking the speed at which the pandemic has increased that. I mean, now, I mean, everyone, not just millennials, not just Gen Z, not just, you know, the different generations, we're used to just grabbing our cell phone, right? And grabbing a totally. QR code for a menu. That's something totally. that's happening. I and know, now go ahead. you were spot on, like this showed us that technology is going to be essential moving forward because people are not going to want in-person meetings to come in and sign a contract. Mm. They are not going to want to go to their bank to get a check. You know, they, everything really is going to be digital moving forward as far as like the booking process. So I think it's, it is going to be, you know, essential to kind of the survival of a lot of our, the companies um, to adopt new technology. Hmm. I, something I really appreciate about you um, and something that I've definitely seen as I've been interviewing more pros are even stuff like this, like getting on a podcast, simple things like the clarity of your webcam, your, you know, the <laughs> microphone that you're using, these things really, really make a difference because people are used to being communicated in this way now. And you're definitely going to be an industry laggard if you are not providing 
digital payments of some sort if you're it, not right some of these things it's so it is so true and i think that taking the time to actually like do a little bit of a you know digital audit on yourself or your business is really really important I was actually just reading up about, you know, kind of Zoom etiquette. Now that everybody's on somewhat of an equal playing field, like what's the next thing? And they talked around sharing your screen. When you go to share your screen, you want to say, can everyone see my screen? Well, they're saying that that is showing like a little bit of a, you know, digital disconnect. You know, you're sharing your screen. So just don't say it. Yeah. And I think I shared my screen the other day in a meeting and I was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And so I was like, okay, so we're all good. Right. <laughs> like I just had to say something. Confident step. You're like, I'm, I'm here. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've done that plenty of times, but I still think from a different perspective that you're showing consideration and empathy towards the folks who are on the other end of that, because, you know, you can be saying you're sharing the screen, but people with dual monitors, or I don't know what's going on or aren't yeah, tech savvy. I mean, I see them like, where are we looking here? <laughs> oh. it's so true. I know it, it really, I think everybody is now comfortable in a, in some sort of, you know, video setting, but you know, the clients that we're serving in the wedding industry really are going to run like a huge age range because we're also dealing sometimes with parents, you know, not just the couples getting married. And so you do have to be considerate of who you're serving in that process. Totally. And we just talked about family businesses right at the very beginning. It's like, you know, you might have a mother son combo who own a wedding venue and the son's trying to convince the mom, Hey, we really need to start using, you know, more updated systems. And she's like, Oh, come on. Like if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, we don't need to do that. And so you're totally right. Let's dive in a little bit deeper to rock, paper, coin. And you mentioned bookings, And, you know, we can obviously serve our clients if they book us. So how does Rock Paper Coin facilitate that? Yeah, I think that um, Rock Paper Coin is just going to help to streamline that process. And kind of, I want to like, almost like zoom out and take a minute because I think that there are some precursor items that I really love kind of educating around before even getting into like the booking process. You know, I think Um, there's just like housekeeping things that we can all do. And I think one of them is around our website. I, I love just recommending like people need to take a step back and look at their website with like a totally fresh eye. Like, have you visited your contact page lately? Because if one of the things is, has shown true, if people want to get in touch with you on a different platform or different means, and you don't have that information readily available for them, they're moving on. Like you lost that sale. So I think, you know, taking a little digital audit and making it really easy for people to connect with your business is huge. And then, you know, second, there's so many platforms now today. There's, you know, not only your website, but then you've got your social media and then you've got, you know, your clubhouse and what have you. And and so it can be a lot of information. So you also need to think about where do you want people getting in touch with you? How does your business handle inquiries? Because if you allow for, let's say um, messaging over Facebook and you don't check it, well, that's, that's a problem. So maybe you need to turn that feature off and just allow messaging over Instagram if you're on that platform more or your contact page on your website, put your email, your phone number. So I just think that it's good to like clean up your contact page so that, you know, people can get in touch with you. On all of our social media stuff at Rock Paper Coin, we actually have a hidden like website page. So it's like rockpapercoin.com backslash, you know, 
social, get social. And we do this because that's where we link everybody. So everyone lands now on one page where we can track those analytics of how are people coming in so we can better understand kind of the backside of the business and get everybody onto the same page. So then from there, they can pick their form of communication, email, phone, you know, text message, you know, whatever. So I think that's like a pretty important piece to like get out because if you're not going to get that inquiry or that, you know, person wanting to talk more about your business, like that sale isn't going to be possible. Awesome. Awesome. Let's talk about the, I kind of want to get like, like you said about zooming out, I kind of want to get a full picture of really all of the features, what rock paper coin does, because I think we're going to have a lot of pros listening to this who are in a wide variety of industries within our greater industry, serving the wedding and events community. Um, and I think they they might hear this and say, okay, I'm hearing booking, but maybe, you know, I have a great system already where I, you know, receive an email from a client or they put an inquiry through my website. It's beautiful. I have a great landing page. And then they go directly from maybe social media to my website to, I send them something through QuickBooks, for example. Um, what are the advantages of using rock, paper, coin over a system like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that for the couples that are getting married today, you have to understand what they are used to. They are used to signing and paying on their phone. So if we're going to be working towards serving this, you know, up and coming new generation, we really then have to start to get on board with what their expectations are. Of course, there can be some, you know, little things along the way, like whatever I use a, I use a calendar for, you know, booking my appointments and maybe that's okay with them. But as far as the booking process, getting everything in a digital mobile format is going to be incredibly important. So one of the things with rock, paper, coin that helps to streamline it is that it's a continuous flow. When you have somebody that's ready to book your business, you can flow directly from a digital signature on their phone to a digital payment on their phone or on a desktop so that there isn't this, hey, can you sign this contract digitally, but then pay me over Venmo or sign this contract, you know, via paper and then pay me, you know, through QuickBooks, you, the booking process needs to be really condensed so that it's one continuous flow for them. And so they just you know, sign the contract, make the payment, and they check it off their list, and they're moving on to the next thing. Um, I think we all know a lot of statistics are wedding planning typically happens when people are at work. So quick, easy, a single flow is is very important. Yeah, Damien's out here. He's planning his wedding right now. I mean, I oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, maybe maybe not yet. But um, I'm interested in this because a lot of times people who are getting married are getting help from parents or grandparents. So when you look at a age range like this, where the couple may be a little bit younger, hypothetically, let's just say, but then, you know, maybe their mom is taking care of part of the payment for the venue or their dad's hiring the florist or like whatever, whatever the situation is, do you still support those paper checks and those, you know, when the couple does come along and they do want to write a check or go old school? Yeah, I think that's a really um, interesting topic to kind of like dive into a little bit because the industry, it, it is fragmented in that way. We have multiple decision makers, maybe multiple, you know, people making payments. And then on top of that, like we also have to think about the different means. So somebody who's a little bit older might want to write a check. Somebody who's a little bit younger might want to pay with a credit card 
or there's also this melting pot. So couples getting married, they get a gift of $10,000 from one set of parents, $20,000 from you know the other set of parents. And it's all getting into this like one bank account. And then those respective parties want to know, how'd you spend my $10,000? Or like, how'd you spend that? You know, where's the invoice for that? So it's, it's very messy. And I think what we wanted to do with Rock Paper Coin specifically is serve those couples that have those different means. So a, a couple can get onto Rock Paper Coin and up and they can upload different payment methods. So for, let's say they have a dad's checking account, they can upload through like Plaid, which is, you know, kind of an online, you know, linking system with a bank, they can, in, they can enter in that bank information. They can also set a limit to say, I can only spend $10,000 with this account. We're going to track all of that and show how the invoices got to that $10,000 mark and then allow you to export or email them to that third party, the, the mom, the dad, the, the cousin, whoever. Wow. So that's like one part of it. And then the other part is that on Rock Paper Coin, when you do upload all those different payment methods, every invoice, you have the ability to select which one you want to pay with so that you can now pick and choose, like maybe they're paying for the deposit and then I have to pay for the remaining balance. And so you can do that seamlessly still just on your phone, like a click of the button. Wow. And That's then for incredible. those occasional checks, like, of course, we still, you know, allow people, the businesses to accept a cash or a check and record it so that it updates the invoice and shows that it's been paid. You know, I think that it's important to recognize that we're on this bridge. So, you know, operating in cash and checks, there's a bridge that's happening to the digital payments, but not everybody has crossed that. Totally. So serving the, the cash and check still is, is important. That's incredible. And I think that really speaks to your heart and origin being actually in the industry and being a planner and kind of knowing the whole cycle. Now you're implementing that on the tech side of things. It would be easy just to say, oh, great, we're just going to give uh, digital payments, uh, contactless, no problem. But that would be very short-sighted because you, like you said, there is a divide between the types of payment. I love that. Um, how you were saying that almost made me think of like this, um, you know, when people raise money for things, yeah. you know, they use, you know, uh, whatever the different systems are out there today, um, or maybe even like old school, imagine, Hey, we're all going to have like a, like a beer and pizza fund or something. We're going to all <laughs> throw our money into a big jar. Right. And then at the end of the week or the end of the month, or whatever, we're going to do it and all go out and grab our pitcher of beer and our, our pizza for our softball yeah. team. Let's go there. Right. <laughs> um, weddings do happen like that. Someone might help out here. Something, someone might help out there. A lot of times there's even vendors that are donating services because of their relationship to the couple. So yeah. the way that you're thinking about this, I think is totally genius because it yeah. is like real life. It's it, totally. And, and, you know, it, it's a big melting pot on the vendor and business side and on the couple side. And that's where I think when, you know, we're, relying on spreadsheets and kind of some archaic, maybe older methods, that's really where mistakes are being made. And that's where disconnects can happen. So by bringing a messy situation, but into a digital format where, you know, the back end of the software, that's all the messiness is happening behind the scenes. We're sorting it out so that presenting it to the couple or presenting it to the business is very clean and streamlined so that you really can you don't have to worry that you, you focus on your trade and the, the thing you love doing. You don't focus anymore on that back end of the business. Got it. So this really puts you in an amazing position to turn the inquiries, kind of like we were talking about inquiries into bookings. 
understanding that flow and that bridge from taking someone from an increase stage, which, you know, couples make, do you have any stats on the amount of increase that a couple makes versus, cause there are what, you know, on average eight or 10 different vendor categories yep. from yep. everything, but the inquiries, I mean, I can imagine if there's eight, you know, eight actual vendors that are booked, there may be what, how, how oh, many? It, I think they reach out to um, like five or seven um, vendors in each category before making a decision. And then the other really interesting statistic is 92% of couples say that the speed of communication is the most important thing when booking their vendor. And I was like blown away by that statistic. Like it's not, reviews are very important, but that's not top of mind. It's actually how quick you communicate. So that's got to be like the very first thing when we're kind of talking about like inquiries to bookings is that if you're bogged down and you don't have time to respond to inquiries, you're not booking business. Like you have to respond to inquiries. Yes. Within 24 hours, but ideally it's almost immediate. And we, so we have to get back to people as quick as possible. I think, you know, responding to inquiries, the shorter, the better. And I actually love like kind of a templated response. Uh, we could probably have a whole nother topic about whether you should automate inquiries or not. And I have like very strong feelings, but another day, another time, but either way, you just need to make it short and sweet. Just to say, I got your email, like restate the client's name, you know, a little thank you, the date availability, if they stated what the date is, and then a low commitment question to get them in that communication mode with your business. So, you know, some of those low commitment questions, they're, they're like low hanging fruit. You know, what does that look like? Maybe have you picked a, you know, time for your ceremony to begin? Have you booked a venue? You know, what's your guest count? Do you have a Pinterest board? Things that somebody who's working on their phone can just be like, oh yeah, here's my Pinterest board. And then you, you're in the communication now, like kind of wheel with them. So you get to take that easy, low commitment question. They answer back and then go ahead and suggest a meeting to be like, oh my God, I love your Pinterest board. Like this is totally, you know, up our alley with design. Like let, I, I want to chat more because I loved the, this picture that you pinned and then a calendar link, make it so easy. Cause maybe they have a mom on the East coast and they're on the West coast and they want to pick a time to have everybody connect. Well, if you're wasting your time being like, does Tuesday at four work for you? And they're like, no, you're like, okay, how about Monday at three? No. And it's like, oh my gosh, like cut it out, cut all that noise out. Just put the power in the couple's hand to be like, great, book a spot, you know, that's convenient for you. And then it appears on your calendar, like less work for you. And it actually benefits the client. Like Mm -hmm. that's the place we want to get into like a good business habit. Totally. You were saying something about responding quick in 24 hours. And that of course, everyone has heard at wedding MBA or, you know, any of the different, like, you know, places where conventions happen and wedding pros learn. It's like, yes, speed is important. But what you said that I love, and I think is a major differentiator with what you do is you not only are giving a response, but you're taking them to the next place in the response, not just talking to talk or talking to respond. Yeah. I went out and I was looking for like family portraits for a trip that I'm doing as a family member. And I love doing this piece because I'm so passionate about. So I just went on a bunch of different websites, submitted, you know, that I was interested in the business. The companies that sent me like pages of information, you know, here's our booking process. Here's our contracts. Here's all of the information. Here's how we'll work with you. I'm on my phone. I'm like, 
I don't, I don't have time for this. And I move on. Like that is exactly what our couples are doing. You, so if you're sending emails that are pages long, your couples are going to read one fifth of that. And then they're going to move on because it's too much information. So cut it down, serve them where they are, which is like this instant gratification. I mean, that's truly the clients that we're serving. Whether we think that's wrong, whether we think that's right, that is just what it is today. Totally. That's so powerful. That's so powerful because people do get emotionally involved with like the rightness of like whether people do, but yeah, we do have these three attention, you know, uh, three second attention spans. We're just like scrolling through our stuff and you can't expect a consumer who's used to scrolling through stuff, used to 15 second TikToks or 15 or 30 second reels or like fast, fast, fast to expect to read an entire diary on why your service is important and like, right. Right. Yeah. It's just if like, you think that people are reading those emails, then you're also in the house that people are reading contracts. And I think COVID showed us a lot of people don't read contracts. You know, I think that we like have to get to a better communication place with these up and coming clients. Um, that is meeting them on their, on their level, a little bit more of a digestible, quick communication format. Totally. Elizabeth, I want to shift because as we're talking here, I can't help but thinking that there's going to be folks who are listening to this, maybe in three weeks, maybe in three years, who (laughs) are inspired by this. And, you know, maybe it's even a a brighter groom or someone who listens and they say, wow, what Elizabeth and Nora are doing here is incredible. I'd love to serve the industry in a similar way. Maybe it's Um, not a booking service like you have, but maybe it's some other thing that brings the industry up to speed technologically. And I think there's tons of room, like you alluded to, in this market to help uh, like this. Let's speak to those people. How do you take, how do you marry the two industries? Like, what's your mindset on that? How do you think about those questions? You have to kind of lead with your heart and lead with empathy, but then you're melding it into a very kind of black and white data metrics, statistics, you know, things like that. So what are some of the metrics you look at? What are some of the driving factors that you look at when you're making decisions and you're getting on the forefront of our industry, right? But you're still serving the industry. You're still serving grandma or, you know, whoever else, right? Yeah. I think that it's so important for people listening today or tomorrow or in a couple of years to just understand like, where are you spending your time? Like wh- where is that disconnect and why? I think that it's really easy for us to, as business owners to, and you know, even with your technology company or a floral shop, you just get into habits and you get into routines of like how to do things. And if it's a time suck, why? Like why we have technology at a extremely inexpensive rate right now. I mean, technology has never been cheaper. So why is something a time suck and how can you change it? Is there technology that exists and you're just not using it? Or is there technology in another industry and it needs to be built for the one that you're in? Hmm. You know, that's really what we look to. We, we thought, you know, what are the other three party industries? And we noticed a very similar comparison to the construction industry. So we started diving in general contractors, very similar to wedding planners. So what software are they using? How are they operating you know, their systems? And that's really where we started to understand, yes, there's technology in other industries. It's just not built for the wedding. So I think that there is so much when 
um, there's so much undiscovered because we're a creative industry and people are scared to get in technology. And I totally understand it's a huge hurdle, but if you're passionate enough to overhaul your own system because it's a, you're wasting so much time, it's likely other people are needing that same system. Mm, that's so powerful. I'm asking this question specifically because in our industry with staffing, yeah, there are, there's this, there's this divide, maybe there's three camps even, right? There's the, um, you know, staffing companies that are just, you know, they're very, very localized. They don't really yep. do a lot of business outside of maybe a city or a county, and they're very localized and they're small, small company. Then there's more of a larger boutique company like we were that serve all of Southern California, you know, Palm Springs, LA, Orange County, down to San Diego. Um, and we're a little bit larger. We grew to a little bit larger, but then again, we can't compete on a national level with a company that has a tech platform like an Instawork or a Quick. Yeah or some of these companies. <clears throat> the main differentiator and the thing that we found consistently was when you, there's this breaking point between scaling yeah. and the level of care and intentionality and personalization that they're able to bring to the table. And so they're dealing with thousands and tens of thousands of staff. We're dealing with just a few. As you start to scale your company and you start to serve more people and the needs almost get more broad, yeah. What's going on in your mind to stay kind of focused on the categories of business that you're serving in a very personal way? That is so hard. And honestly, it's probably really what keeps us up at night is because we're so passionate about serving the industry and this industry and you know, wedding planners and businesses. Um, I think that you just have to keep your eye on the focus. So for you guys in staffing, like you've got that dialed in on the wedding industry. I think where a lot of the big companies can get into trouble is they grow and they scale into industries that they're not knowledgeable yet. So they, they spin their wheels and they, they dump a ton of marketing dollars and they're growing too wide, you know? And instead, I think what we want to do at Rock, Paper, Coin is, is grow in depth. You know, how can we continue to serve this industry and maybe in a different means, you know? So, like the platform right now at its core is contract and invoicing, but there's so much more that we can offer to these small to medium-sized businesses on the back end to help them streamline, you know, their own businesses. So that's really where we want to focus is getting deeper in with our customers instead of wider, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. When, when you think about some of these companies, and I'm just speaking about them, uh, you talked about dumping marketing dollars. Do you think spending marketing dollars equals experience in the industry? No, we have not spent any marketing dollars because, you know, I think what we really want to rely on is our industry experience. And we want to show that we're experts in the industry. And that does not have any correlation to marketing budgets. I think that marketing is, is one of those things that is, we all know enough to be dangerous and probably to dump a lot of money into it, but to see a return on a dollar is hard. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you are aligned with your business and your brand and your messaging before you go out and you pump money into that, that, you know, machine, so to say. Totally. How, how do you keep your ear to the ground with the way that the industry is changing? Cause I mean, you've, are you still planning events? I mean, how does that, 
No, I, we, we had to hang up our hats on, on the event planning side, but um, I think that talking to your customers, so from a business standpoint, we want to talk to all of the businesses registered with Rock Paper Coin, actively using them, stay in touch monthly. What do you like? What do you not like? What we're building, I think is awesome, but I know that some people are like, I don't like that feature. So those are the ones that are really important for me to hear. Why? Why don't you like it? What should it be? Why isn't it user-friendly? Dig in, dig in so hard. And I think that correlates also to businesses serving the industry. Talk to your customers, whether they're current, past, potential, like what does your brand say about you? What does, how is user-friendly is your website? You know, really dig in and understand so that you are ingrained in the industry and you can continue serving because you are staying in touch with your customers. I love that. I love that so much because I think specifically for tech companies, it's very easy to back away and you, you get higher and higher and higher up in the org chart, right? Yeah. And it grows and it gets wider, like you said. Yeah. And the companies that I love, and I mentioned, you know, one of them shift before yeah. the, the CEO literally reached out to me and said, Hey, you're a user. Can you, can you like, give me some feedback? And it sounds like that's what. It's so important. I mean, Nora and I, we love working with other businesses on the site. And as we get bigger, you know, we're not doing that as much in the day to day, but that's one of the things that we have remained committed to is like, we always want to take the time to reach out and listen and, you know, talk to new businesses that are on the platform, talk to ones that have been with us for now two years and, and never really take that our eyes off of that prize. So to say, like, we have this end goal of, of serving the industry. And so if we have to stay ingrained in the industry in order to continue to better serve it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Elizabeth, as we wrap up here, this has been really, really fun for me. Um, but I wanted to talk about kind of some of the things that we talked about earlier with, with HoneyBook, right? Because there's different booking competitors to this. And I'm I'm hearing some similarities. There's some, you know, there's booking um, that's done and there's different features. And obviously you can use QuickBooks or you can use whatever else, but what are some of the, the maybe competitive advantages for those pros who are, you know, maybe they've been using HoneyBook, but they're now, they didn't even know about Rock, Paper, Coin. And now they're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) stop everything. I've got to check this out. Yes. (laughs) Come on over to the dark side. No. Um, So, you know, rock, paper, coin, it really is just built for our industry. And that's going to be the biggest difference. So for you as your, as a business, when you get on rock, paper, coin, and let's say, you know, you're a wedding planner. Well, you can then connect with your preferred vendor list. Anytime you bring on a client and one of those preferred vendors goes to send your client a contract or an invoice, you automatically are going to get a copy of it landing in your client folder. So we start to build out those kind of virtual binders on behalf of all of the businesses, really just streamlining that client process. So I think that's kind of the, the thing. And, you know, that's probably one of the bigger differentiators is that there's three parties. There's, you know, the couples, the businesses, kind of vendors, and then the wedding planner, and they all get to have access to the same information, Mm. keeping everybody kind of on the loop. Now, um, outside of that, Nora and I were very passionate about taking care of our own. So what we wanted to do early on was kind of have this group process where if we go out as a small wedding planning company and we try to negotiate credit card fees, the door is going to be shut in our face. You know, nobody is doing enough volume in transactions to go out and negotiate some rates. So So what 
what we wanted to do on our end was get everybody on a payment platform, get everybody on a contract platform. We go out and negotiate all the rates on behalf of everyone and pass them along. So right now our processing fee for businesses is two and a half percent. So we're going to beat out any other competitor just on that alone. Yeah. Yeah. And we're very proud of that because that's, that's where we really wanted to take care of everyone. Like we have, yes, all of these features, you could go out and you could piecemeal it together for sure. Like, I'm not trying to say we've, you know, have this like rarity, you know, of a contract and invoicing system, but where we differentiate is that we're built for the industry and we're going to pass along discounts to you. This industry is massive. There's a lot of dollars, but we're also all small to medium-sized businesses. So true. Just the processing fees alone. I mean, it was mesmerizing going on your site, anyone watching, anyone listening, seriously go on the rock, paper, coin site and look, there's like this little uh, wheel that ticks down from like (laughs) 4.2% or whatever it was at. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like you'll get hit with those fees using QuickBooks or using some of these other things. And I think that's a major issue. Like when I talk to other wedding pros, it's that uh, yeah, I would use that service, but they're charging such high processing fees. And then you have to either pass that on to your clients, which make the cost right. go up, or you have to eat it. And we chose very early on, we're just going to eat it because we want to be able to take on, but that was still such a it's bummer, hard. you know? Yeah. And you watch those add up and, you know, as a small business, you, every dollar is counting. So yeah. if we, as a business, can not only provide a service to help you save time, but then on the processing side, we can also help you save money. Like mm-hmm. we feel like our, our, we're doing a good job then. Totally. I love that. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. This was, this was really fun. It, like I got to be aware of your company because of you coming on the show. And um, I'm, I'm really, really excited to connect with Nora, but to yes. hear both of your stories from these different angles and this credible company you're building. Uh, it's been, it's been very fun. Thank you so much. It was so lovely being here today. When any pros want to reach out and they are like now just itching to check out this system, maybe <laughs> while they're listening or they're on their you know computer, their laptop, they're looking yes. this up. Uh, where can people connect with you uh, even socially on the business yes. side of things or however it is, Instagram, wherever else, where can people connect with you? Absolutely. Our website, rockpapercoin.com. Um, social is all at rockpapercoin. And then you can reach out to via email if you want us to do a personalized demo. And that's hello at rockpapercoin.com. So we'll look forward to connecting with you. Awesome. And then for everyone else, uh, as soon as we get off this, I'm going to see if I can twist Elizabeth's arm to give us some sort of awesome (laughs) promo code or something so that you can go and check out their system. Because I really think if you're listening to this right now, you need to invest the time to upgrade your systems to, you know, be more uh, specifically mobile friendly. We know it, we've heard it, you know, the education around this, but it is time to put it into action and tweak those systems. So thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Elizabeth, for being here. Yeah, thank you.